Fonzie Driscoll, and you're listening to Talking Schmidt. Hey, hey, hey. Talking Schmidt. I'm already not watching. It's cool. Like, tonight is the night. Damn, this is like the coolest thing I'm ever going to do. <laughs> I wouldn't say it was fun. What do you mean? Well, Christian Fletcher's younger brother. Fuck the Dodgers. Oh, big dog's in. What do you think, Dolan? Beyond Schmitty. Talking Schmidt. Alpha macaroni. Most of these guys, their opinion don't matter. Talking Schmidt, right? It's skateboarding. I remember that. Talking Schmidt. What are yuns doing? Holy shit. Skateboarding homies. No, Schmidt, you can't jump in. What is happening? I'm here for Greg Smith. Yay! Gregory. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> Wi-Fi check one. Wi-Fi check two. Do you remember this uh, line of Toad skating these hills has become like it's resurfaced and people have used a lot of it for inspiration. Uh, Toad and I were just out on the streets the other night and one of the GX guys came up and he was like, that line. And Toad's like, dude, Hans, he filmed it. Yeah. I I never knew that. That's fucking hot, dude. Yeah, I've corrected people on Instagram with posts because it gets reposted. They're like, John Minor filming. I was like, no, dude, that's my filming. filming. You're in the, and it's just Toad and I, and Toad had that spot mapped out, or at least you you were looking at it. I looked at it for many years before that. We went there for that. I never, I always thought it was like lame and too snowboardy for people because it was kind of snowboard inspired, you know? And uh, I thought, like, I never wanted to take Mike there anyone because I was like, oh, they're going to hate this. They're going to think this is lame. And then I was like, maybe Hans will be into filming it. And then... <laughs> <How> <laughs> we, cool. just, we were going out on missions a lot back then, too. We would take Jaya's. That was Jaya's camera, right? Yeah, there's a good story about that. Um, Code and I had this, like, epic, maybe it was like a half a year. I don't know. Maybe it was a whole year. But there was, like, this chapter of SF where Jaya was transferring over to photography and the new three chip camera that was just the baby and taken everywhere all of a sudden was being just sitting there over in the corner fully charged and so Uh Toad and I were there's a chapter of time when Toad and I were just out there filming and we were filming everything like Toad just said so we were like getting like like there was like there just be obstacles like uh, there was a there was a power line pole they were put up on hate street so we just stopped and skated that and i got kickflip power line pole ride and dropped in on it and slammed really hard because his front wheels peeled off the wrong way and he fell back backside on that baby <laughs> <laughs> And we started skating, like getting real creative because uh, like Toad said, it wasn't the, it wasn't the video um, shoot. It wasn't like a video shoot. It wasn't like the thing that you were thinking about getting. It was like this pressure. I want to go get the big gap or the, the dude to do or the big ollie. We're just out there skating. Yeah, you were documenting your day more so than like, we got to get this gnarly trick. It was just like, if that happens, it's going to happen organically. But we're just going out to skate today and we want to film our day. Yes. It was more like that. I think, remember Hans, we were, I don't know if it was, I think you were too, but we were inspired by the Avenue video because a lot of people were just skating tricks. And like, I was like, I like to just skate random shit. You know, like, and roll. Actually, rolling is, like, a big part of skateboarding that, like, was overlooked at the time. And uh-huh. sliding and stuff. And remember the Avenue video, Hans? Dude, Joe, Joe and Sean and Adrenaline, we had this, like, we both loved each other. So, mm-hmm. like, we'd see Sean and Joe, and they'd be like, what up? And we'd be like, what up? And we yeah. both affected each other's camps. A ton, and we'd like stop and talk and vibe out and stuff, and then uh, they'd get some crazy weird shit, and then we would be like, "I'm gonna get some weird ass shit around the city." It's uh, original. Made me me feel like it was okay to like my thinking was like validated at that point because it it wasn't usually. I mean, the, the trick, the ledge, and the trick and the gap 
where like uh-huh. what was going on, it wasn't like free flowing, you know? And so yeah. it was like, I, I don't know, it inspired me to like, be like, Oh, I'm not so crazy. <laughs> you know? yeah, really cool. It's really cool that, uh, it's standing the test of time and it's like Joe Valdez like went down in history. Like when it was going down, it was just, we thought it was just some freaky small time. We didn't, you know, it wasn't like Danny way or day one. It wasn't like what was going down in the plan B videos and this, that we thought we were just kind of doing some kind of like crazy wacky stuff on the side, but it lo and behold skating loves it forever. It's really cool yeah have you seen like the dime contest and and how much love they give to joe valdez up in the canada yeah. thing that's cool awesome. they love that dude like yeah. they they had him come out like a wrestler like it's joe valdez <laughs> and everyone's <laughs> like ah! oh, no way yeah that's it's a- fucking amazing um what other like what other stuff it. were you a part of that you were maybe there for or that you filmed like toad and i were talking about there's so much shit that jaya did that was insane like the nose slide i think it's either washington or sacramento street like on a hill that he did the whole fucking thing and nobody's really come to that since like it's it's yeah. so early to this day but like were you were you there for that were you there for some other things that stand out to you that are like oh wait hold on this this yes. thing was insane definitely that uh the golden gate bridge that mike talked about in your interview mm. i was the only other guy there so oh. i was on the golden gate bridge jaya experience wow yeah that was wild and also when you said earlier about how if we knew that our skate group was different um one of the first things that happened when i that made me realize that this is uh that we are maybe a little bit different i was there when cardiel i drove down from Lake of the Pines, Grass Valley, with, with Cardiel to when he late back so aided the Gons. I was oh, there. Wow. And, and yeah, and uh, when Henry ran up, Henry was my hero. I had the first Henry board, dude. I just loved dude that that real ad of him doing the nose pick tail grab at night mm. down the trail. I'll do that. It's just like, just my best, my heart. I love Henry. And so when Henry ran up to John and gave him a high five after the back, so in 80, I was like, wait, wait, what? I was <laughs> like, and then I was looking at John and I was like, yeah, holy, yeah, John is different. He is like, it was like this moment of like, whoa, dude, okay. Cardiel is like it's not just our homie and just we you know we just all know him he's like special special very special he's the best I mean so much shit for a guy that didn't I mean did he ever live in San Francisco he I don't think so did he it was more of like a drive down and get yeah, it. Yeah, because but they got Cardiel Gap, Cardiel Ledge. Like you seen what he did at Miley. Like John put a stamp on that early on on some stuff that's like, you know, undeniable. And then it's like getting. Yeah. I think he was the third person to get Skater of the Year. I think it went Tony Hawk, Danny Way, and then John. I was there for the Gons backwards too. I'm in the picture. Wow. I'm in- yeah, I mean, if you look at the picture in Big Brother of him just stretched out all in it, I'm in the bottom holding the flash. Tobin had me hold the flash in the photo, and the flash didn't go off. <laughs> so I'm just holding this flash. And uh, For what photo was that? The gone's backwards. Oh, John did it too, right? John did it, and then uh, Scott Bourne almost died trying it. Whoa. What did, was there ever footage of John doing that? Because I always wondered what happened. No, before, this is really <laughs> long time ago. So it was just like, Tobin was uh, get the camera out and get it, you know? Because I just listened to a Tobin interview, and he talks about it. 
and he didn't give much like insight to it. And I was like, I don't know, you were there. So that's like, did he land and just ollie off and landed afterwards? He pulled it. So it's such a big gap that he landed full compression, you know, not just like landing and ollie. He like landed, squatted and cardioed out, dude, full squats. Stretched it so far, landed full squat. And then as he rolled off the edge, because he can't go forward, you'll just die or run into it. Awesome with a wall. Yeah. So you have to stand and go off the side. And so he's full squat as he's coming off because he couldn't lift up to come off. He was just rolling off full squat. His uh, kingpin caught. And he got pitched, and somehow he cardio rolled, or just freaking somehow he survived it. But he ollied the <laughs> <laughs> And I remember when Scott Bourne ollied it, um, I was actually like angry at Scott because uh, I wasn't angry at Scott. I was angry that someone else, that someone thought that they could this do something that John could do that thinking that things John can do are just hard to do. Like I was like, I love Scott and I was friends with them at the time, but I was upset that he thought he could do something that John could like only do basically like in my mind, like John skating wasn't something that you just tried with him and stuff. Something Uh, in in my, what I'm getting at was that was John, dude. You didn't want to try and all the guns backwards with him, dude. I was down there with the flash. I was like, clearly like this, like John is like superhuman capabilities, dude. He was trying at the same day with him. No, John, uh, Scott tried it later. And he literally almost got footage of it. Was John in Big Brother? Was there a photo of it? Yeah, he was. Uh, he got an interview in one of the early Big Brothers, and uh, Tobin helped with that. And John took me for the ride um, that, for that. Is that the one where he kind of talks shit on snowboarding? It's pretty kind of loose interview. That I think they. It was like in sections, and it seemed kind of like an entertainment piece and it kind of like how big brother was kind of going for that like right. kind of it was just so it's like yeah shock value shock value yeah oh man dude were you at the session there was a session that i was just watching the video footage the other day it's like uh jamie thomas is there gone i think it was when gone's kick flipped it and and Drahobo's trying a 360 ollie over it <clears throat> And like, there's, it's a huge session, tons of people down there. Was Drahobo and Pales and them living uh, on that street when you were there? Yeah, yeah I loved that. Yeah. It was like, who was it? Was uh, O'Brien? Was O'Brien? O'Brien and Greg. Yeah. Yeah. Greg, Greg Ware. Yeah. yeah. Dude, so sick. Um, do you want to talk at all about like the kit stuff and like, I don't know. I always talk about our fallen bros, like Phil, Kit, Jaya. There's so many dudes that um, we lost too early and how that kind of impacted you. Definitely. I've been thinking about it a lot recently because, uh, I mean, you know, being older and stuff and hindsight and all that, um, it was so rough to, like, keep to act like – we're still just fired up and keep going, you know, it was like Strubing and Jai were on this house and it was just like kicking ass and we were just getting stuff. And then one of your homies dies and it was like, keep going. And looking back on it, if I could do it again, or if I could uh, give advice to young, young people, younger skaters that go through it, um, I, what I would do now is I would, uh, have a morning session. Mm. Like I'd let it let it all out, like in the morning, like wake up and go, this fucking sucks. Mm. This is fucked up. This is fucking dude. My heart's hurt, dude. I'm fucking bummed, dude. I'm mm. bummed out of my mind. 
I don't even know what to do. And like literally have these like moments where we all look at each other and hug and cry and fucking punch the wall or whatever, dude. And then let's go get some for Kit, you know, like, mm. like do that type of thing. But we were just like, just keep trucking and like, but it was like this cloud that just was like funky, dude. So if like I could do it if I could do it, could have done it different, I would have done it like that. Like express. get some of it out of you. Yes. Yeah. I remember when Phil yeah, died, totally. like when Phil died, it was basically my doorway to Thrasher. Like Jake came out and he was like, Hey, you're going to, cause I was working for think. And he was like, you're going to work for Thrasher now. And I was just like, kind of scared of Jake at that time. And I was just like, uh, like I had it good with think, but then like, yeah, it's kind of what you said. Like, it's like, I don't know if compartmentalize is the right word, but you kind of, I mean, you're grieving forever, but like, you don't like, even recently when Pre Preston died, I didn't cry. I didn't like go, wow, you know, and I don't think there's any advice I can give anyone. Cause I think everyone does it differently, but I do think that it is important to try to get it out like some way or the other for sure. Yes. Did you guys do like video after that? Yes. Yeah. Our, our like industry section and we kept four one one. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And there was a rail, this gnarly rail that uh with a death drop on one side, it was a flat rail off this loading dock with a death drop on one side. The kit got one day there's a car in the way and he got on it and uh but there's a car in the way and then he passed away literally like right after that and that was something that i went and got for him oh see that's sick yes yeah and i just i was trying to process it uh you're you got that um thing where people are like you know buck up thing i think uh just our culture is more mature these days like people are able to like talk about things instead of like the tougher nineties and like, just like, don't cry pussy or something, you know, like, yeah, now it's so, like tough and cry when shit goes bad. Like your fucking friend dies. Like, dude, yes, this is the moment to fucking cry. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I remember I even hugged Wade. I, for some reason, this sticks out so much. Was that out Palo Alto? That was in Road City, like right up the street from where Phil's mom lived. Oh, okay. It was like some church. I, I'm pretty sure you were there, right? I don't know. I don't think I was there. I, I was at the Greer. There was a thing at Greer. Uh-huh. Yep. Dude, and then Strubing's younger brother died. Right. I was like within the same time, so it was freaking hard. <laughs> it was rough. Dude. That was a rough little chapter. I know Justin's been through some stuff too. It's like, it's interesting because you look at yourself yeah. and then you look at your friends and you're like, oh man, everybody's going through their version of he like these horrible incidents that just pile up. And yes. I, I think like for yourself, you know, you were always into like classic example where you're on the trip and you don't have a lot of money. So you get the fucking Polaroid in your document like that is a huge part of why skateboarders are lucky and fortunate because we always were documenting us not for this purpose but it, it it serves this purpose like we have a lot of footage and photos of our friends because of what we do yes so i you know it's tough you always look at try to look at the silver lining how how early like did you get into jewelry school was that in the city or is that a little bit later like Jason Lee said the other week on the Nines Club interview, that uh, skating had this small window back then. I mean, dude, it was just like he was, you know, you're 26, dude. Whew, you're done, dude. Yeah. You know, that was cool that you had a chance. <laughs> it was gnarly, dude. And I'm so proud of skating for being more mature about, like, 
whatever. Skating's so much more mature now. I love sk- skating's more fun now than it's ever been. I think personally, um, but yeah, I just was feeling that like small window energy and um was like screw it i'm just gonna go do something else and i always loved uh crystals like there's lots of uh, quartz crystals up here as a Mm. kid and when i would find those crystals as a kid i would just out dude i would just like so fascinated and i just love go back to the mine the next day and just dig there for hours and just had my then put them up on certain spots and like I would like tie string to them and make a necklace out of them. (laughs) And so um, I was into gems and then I started cutting gems and uh, that's done with the faceter where you got a crystal and then you cut it into a gem with the, with the points on it. Yeah. And after that, my family in humble was, uh, took the executive decision on me to like push me to like actually go for it. Oh, cause I was up there and I was, I was after skating and I clearly didn't give a shit about making money or like trying to make it with making money as a goal. Cause I was around a lot of money and I just was like still doing art and stuff. Mm. And, so they sent me to the Revere Academy in the Phelan building in downtown SF, that building in SF that's on the corner that's really narrow and tall. Yeah. And uh, I was in there, and I thought I was taking some type of local NorCal class. Well, there was people from all over the world in this class. There was a woman from Argentina. There was people from Canada. There was people from Montana, the New England, everywhere. And they saved up years to go to this jewelry academy. And I was just like, my family just threw me in there. And I was just from NorCal. So I was like, holy shit, I'm in a professional, serious career type situation. And so I got really stoked. And then um, right from the start, they had the biggest jewelers teach the classes at that Revere Academy. And so there's like the gnarliest jewelers that live in SF are just incredibly successful. And so they they would teach the classes and do like things that bring in jewelry. And uh, there was a few times where I was in there and they would have us do an assignment And like 80% of the class is just trying to like, just trying to wield the metal into like 90 degrees and do the things. And I could just do it. And like uh, the instructor one day was so stoked on these earrings that she put them on and I'll never forget it because she's super famous, Rhonda Coriel. I mean, she is like this famous jeweler designer won all these wars makes these incredibly expensive stuff has all these contracts with businesses sponsored just like skating and um she's like look how it looks and she put it on her ear and i was like whoa i was like tripping like okay like my hand eye coordination with it is uh works or whatever you know and it's really cool um it's uh, got a touch of skating in that um, the people that are actually doing it, it's a really small group. Now, like the people that are actual jewelers and jewelry designing are a small group compared to like the industry of jewelry stores is just washed out. And that's just the job for people. And they're just showing up to work. And next year they could work at a freaking wherever you know, but uh, mm. the designers are the people in there getting their hands dirty and sitting at the bench. When I moved to Maine, I entered the state competition and I uh, got second in the state. And, and so, um, and that was like just years after coming out of class. And I was working at the biggest jewelry store in Maine. Wow. I just 
and Emily got a job there. It was cool. It was really cool. Huh. How did you like Maine? Was Maine uh, similar in any way to like uh, gold country or like? Yeah. Cool. It was just like Grass Valley, really, except for the winters. (laughs) You got to raised in that environment to be able to be used to having those long shifts of not being able to skate and stuff. And uh, right when I moved there, um, Dan Hatch opened a skate shop and there was this little skate park that was all masonite and wood stuff. Mm. Perfect mini ramp. I mean, the most absolutely perfect mini ramp. So started skating. I filmed a little video of those guys. Yeah. And uh, that'll be cool to go through. I have it on my uh, little tapes. I or something sick. Does something stick out to you that like you've traveled and, and, and went to this place that like sticks out as this like just rad spot that you got to skate. You remember Chango world? No, it was, I think it was called Chango world. It's like in Chicago or somewhere. It was like in a mall and it was like a BMX track of, of wood and ramps. And, I thought you were on that trip with Think Adrenaline. I think they yeah. went there. Like Phil has footage just going around this whole thing, and you just—it was like you were hitting burnt like jumps and keep going. And oh, it, cool. I never went there, and I always was like, "Man, that looks so sick!" But uh, like, is there a spot that sticks out to you in your recollection of spots? Um, I guess I was just so in love with the uh, East Coast skaters and Matt Reason. Mm. So- of park dude when i went on one of those trips uh we had a week of no demos and greg carroll gave us the option um you can stay in philadelphia or you can go everyone wanted to go to new york pete bc was with us oh yeah yeah so everyone's like new york new york well pales and matt reason were friends uh matt pales and I broke off from the tour van and we stayed with Matt Reason. Rad. Awesome. We stayed at Matt Reason's house. And um, that was some of the, that was honestly some of the best memories I have because uh, those guys are so hardcore and how they just all skate from here to the next spot, you know, is they want to take buses and shit like SF. Yeah. And, I remember one day, I mean, we went to so many spots and I was skating with so many people that I just were absolute my heroes. I mean, those East Coast dudes are just soldier skaters and they just skated raw and fast. And yeah. Fast, you know? And uh, we were at this spot after skating, who knows how many hours, literally seven or something, just all day long skating for seven hours. And they took us to this high ollie spot that was in the video so i was like oh shit dude that's the high ollie spot and fucking <laughs> i got it and my body i ollied it but when i landed my legs were burning so bad that i couldn't even push myself back up and stand up and i landed in a squat and just squatted <laughs> and just kind of fell down and then i just like rolled over to the curb and sat there and i was like holy fuck i'm tired dude my legs were done i couldn't skate anymore i was just like so stoked it was it was awesome yes yeah i've heard um similar stories where people went back to skate like robbie and jimmy and them too like where it's just like dude these dudes push hella hard the whole time and and they don't take buses they just go spot to spot and dude the streets aren't that smooth out there (laughs) you know so it's like when dan pencil moved out he moved and lived in sf for a little bit and he used to always be like ah your spots are so fucking skate park everything's smooth out here all the shit's rough back where we live it's like yeah it's fucking cool well, what, what sparked the resurgence? Because if anybody's following you on Instagram, you're fucking ripping again and skating the, are you in Grass Valley? You're at the Grass Valley yeah. Park. Yeah. What happened? Did some, anything in particular, like be like, you just saw your board one day and we're like, I'm like, well, what happened? 
Well, thank you for that compliment. Honestly, that means a lot to me. It really Dude, does. It's super cool to see you ripping. Thank like, uh, I don't know how it really happened, but somehow I think maybe you were watching or listening to a podcast and you reached out to me and then I saw your thing and started following you. And I was like talking to Toad about it. And pretty soon I'm like, holy shit, dude, the guy's like, you got a lot of clips, like in a short period of time, like you're ripping. Well, thank you. Uh, I uh, spent so much of my life running away mm. and trying to like be someone else, be a jeweler and just be like, uh, and that involves heavy drinking, honestly. Yep. And uh, when the big jewelry shop I worked at went out of business, I was already starting to do gold country and I always skated on the side. We would like skate in between our hangovers or go to the park with drinks. Yeah. And uh, so at the skate, so the big jewelry shop went out of business friend that I love, this girl moved away and I was kind of just in this low point. And then I just quit drinking. It, it all bottled up. Uh, everything bottled up was released and I was fo focusing. I was able to process things. I was like, dude, I'm bummed that I wasted so much of my youth that I would never get back. Mm -hmm. I just, and so I decided to get as much in as I can at whatever age. And uh, I didn't know it at the time, but it really is something to like clear out the regrets and to come to peace with my spirit, to heal the sadness of letting myself down about just running away and not being like uh involved in it anymore and uh and i got good lots of good friends my older friends that are skating and they're stoked uh, my friend gabe copeland like i brought up earlier he's on the same path he's like just super stoked to skate and get in what he can because of the years wasted like uh all the good times wasted having good times like that song that country yeah. song. <laughs> animals this episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. <laughs> Head on over to your local shop and ask for Blood Wizard. If they're out, then you can tickety-tack on down to bloodwizard.com where you have all of your conjuring needs. What up with gold country? Talk, talk yeah. about gold country, yeah. dude. That was like a yeah. that was an amazing really movement. That was a movement up yeah. there. Really fun. I was making money from all these different directions. I was like supposedly probably the most successful I've ever been. I was like making money at my big jewelry job. I was working at this multi-million dollar huge jewelry job, man. And I was had my own personal jewelry in multiple stores in town. And I was making money other ways with the gardening and grass alley. <laughs> Toad's wedding ring. <laughs> My wedding ring, dog. It's a, Hanzi, it's a Hanuman special right there, dude. Sick. I love it. I back it all the way. Anyone needs jewelry made, wedding bands, anything? Hanzi's got you covered, dude. Killed yeah. it. Crushed it. Made it exactly how I wanted it, too. It was amazing. Yeah. So what exactly was gold, is gold country? Is it, it's more of like a lifestyle of all that stuff combined or? Uh, well, no, I just wanted, I just, uh, when I woke up, so to speak, 
just was looking around and all my friends were involved in skating. And I was like, I do something too. But the thing was that I was making so much money from the side that it, I was just playing. I was just having the time of my life. I formed a skate team, the best skaters in town. And I was giving everyone boards. I didn't even care about sales at all. But I was kind of like acting like I was going to do a company. But really, honestly, I knew in my subconscious that I was out of touch from skating for so long that I didn't really know what I was doing if I was going to try and do it. And then I realized that everyone has skate companies now. It's not like the old days where it was rare and you could just start something small and kind of take off. So it turned into more of like a, just a fun art project for our friends. And uh, it was amazing. Eddie Marino, Ty Bancroft, Bob Hawking, uh, Max Driscoll, Ian Fogle, Matt Hurani, and then Kane Jerome was the Grom. And Kane was this little helmet kid that was just shredding. And um, my friends even told me recently, they, they admitted to me, they were like, dude, we didn't know what you were doing. We used to laugh. We were like, why is Kane on gold country? And why is Hans putting him on the team? Well, Kane is killing it now. Ah, it rips. Yeah, and that's what Will Fairchild said. He's like, dude, you knew that he wasn't just the Grom. He, you, they were like, dude, Hans, you're the one that spotted the talent early on. And uh, and we had the time of our lives. And it was really awesome. When you live in small towns, there's ebb and flow. So there'll be like five years where a bunch of group of the homies move out of town or they're like working or like they all have kids or something. And then like, it's all up to a few groups of people. So you really have to go with it. And that was this time in Grass Valley when everyone, everything came together. Okay. We just and it was on fire. You could go to the park and it was just going down, dude. It's a fun park. Yeah. And so it was like, it just happened to be at this time when I did the company that there was like a lot of rippers in town. And so it just, it worked. It was really, really a good time. Rad. Do you, are you in touch at all? Do you know that guy, George, um, that does Iris? No, I don't. Okay, he moved up there, I think, like within a year, and he's got a little bowl going and stuff, and he does oh. all the, he makes all the uh, stuff out of like old uh, skateboards, like wood and stuff and whatnot. But uh, yeah, dude, and then Gus is Gus still up there? Yeah, yeah, Gus is still up there here. I see him all the time. Uh huh. Gus is one of my old longest skate friends. Gus and I were friends before middle school, so we were friends in like fourth or fifth grade. Wow. I'm claiming fourth grade because I remember them. I was in fifth grade and I remember being in PE and we were like, we played against them. And like <laughs> him and Gus were friends already and they already dressed like skaters. I was I was like BMX kid. Uh -huh. And like they, I remember seeing them, they were, we were playing like dodgeball or something like that. You wouldn't remember this haunt. I don't know why I remember it. I have like a weird memory like that. But and you guys were like homies and our classroom was against your classroom or something weird. And like, uh, um, cool. it was like fifth graders against fourth graders. But um, Hans and Gus were like best friends for years. Back then. Yeah, man. I, uh, I love run DMC, dude. I really like tacos. This is, <laughs> this is like when hip, there wasn't like the rappers and the rockers. There was no hip hop genre yet at all. Yeah. Yeah. So, there, was, there was rockers, but not really hip hop. Dude. I loved my run DMC shirt. And when I wore it to school and got made fun of, I was so hurt, dude. I was a little kid. But I was hurt, dude. I was like, dude, I loved Run DMC. I didn't couldn't get it, dude. I was just yeah. like, huh. oh, man. And then Gus had a Run DMC shirt too, and he was <laughs> like, dude, I love it. Like he's like, dude, I love them too. Like you know, like I was just, sick. yeah. That was like when I was like fell in love with him. I was like, dude, yes, dude, he's my brother, dude. Oh man, <laughs> that rules. Yeah, I saw Run DMC. They're uh 
who was it? It was Public Enemy and uh, Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince opened oh. for them. And when and Jazzy Je- Jeff and the Fresh Prince, whatever they were called, they came out and somebody threw a, like a, a bomb on the stage, like a firework or some M80 or something. And everyone fucking ran off. And then Public Enemy and Run DMC had to play the whole set with the lights on. Wow. But you got yeah. to see Public Enemy too? Yeah, they play. It was like uh, Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, then Public Enemy. Yeah, it was early, dude. It was like the first Public Enemy album. I think Run DMC maybe was two albums in or something. But like that, like you said, and then like Beastie Boys come out and like slowly there's like these things, LL Cool J, and there's different things. But Run DMC for some reason kind of back then seemed a little more street and edgy. But later you start seeing Wu-Tang and like other dudes that you're like, Oh, run DMC is a little more mainstream. But in the beginning they were fucking the shit for sure. Yeah. They were badass, dude. Yeah. They were like tough, you know, they had that tough mm. style. Yeah. My show, my parents had to take me to, cause I was a little tiny kid. Um, run DMC came to Sacramento, at the Arco arena. And there was a, group opening up for them and their name was the beastie boys and i didn't know and this is when they had girls in cages (laughs) ears and smashing them and running around and screaming and like i said the girls in the cages and i was just like my jaw dropped i was just like oh my god dude (laughs) awesome i was just like freaking out dude i was like (laughs) What? I was almost like girls at the Beatles show or something. I wasn't screaming and crying, but I was just like oh, of the BC boys. And then I went and got licensed to ill the tape. Yeah. And like ever since then, it was just like, dude, the heavy Beatles rotation. <laughs> I remember going to Hansi's house and it was like, like a lot of public enemy going on. Um, even some uh, living color. I remember you had a living color, yeah. living color tape. No, okay. dude, they were sick, dude. Yeah, I look. I like listen to them sometimes. I'm like, damn, they were actually really good. Uh-huh. Not as good as Bad Brains, but I don't know. I remember Hans introduced me to some music that I liked a lot. I ended up liking a lot. Terminator Exit. <laughs> I think uh, Tommy had a Public Enemy shirt or something, and, and like. And, and he was that. really into De La Soul too, I think. And like anything he was doing, we were just like, oh, we got to fucking check this out. Yeah. I think that's how you figured Dude. shit out was the mag a lot back then, right? You'd see a photo and you'd be like, what's that? And you'd do research. It's, it's like there's no social media or any fucking shit like today. But uh, yeah, it was cool too because we were a small group. and And so it felt more like if you're doing it, it's probably cool because we're all in the same group. It wasn't so like everyone's a skater. It was like more like our little club or something. Yeah. I remember going to the Adrenaline house and then Hansi got Tommy's first tape. I think Loose Grooves and Black Bastard Blues or oh. something like that. That's the first one. Yeah. Dude, wore wow. the shit out of that. I couldn't get enough. I'd be like, I'm coming over, Hans. I got to listen to that tape again. We got yeah. to hear that shit. <laughs> Dude, it's Tommy... Tommy's first tape was killing it. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, they're all really good, but like, I just remember. They're really, I, huh? I'd be like, Hansi, I'm coming over. We got to listen yeah. to that tape. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> and then go skate. <laughs> well, is there anything on the horizon? You got anything that you're working on or like uh, trips coming up or anything? Um, I have uh, been talking with uh, my Southern California friends about trying to go down there more next year instead yeah. of like, the year and try and get in on that scene down there it's just kicking ass the skate scene it's just really awesome you know my friend lives near the park where day one always goes and he sends me sniper shots of him filming day one from the side (laughs) like so freaking jealous dude i love day one so much man he is one of my all-time favorites especially because his age you know He's so remarkable. Like he, I mean, that stuff, did you ever see the stuff where he's like on a mini ramp and he like, I think he does a flip trick and the wheel comes off and he grab. like he's doing stuff that's like, wait, what? He's having fun. 
Yeah, Balon's amazing. He's, he's humble too, which is just, I don't know. Humility always gets me. I'm like, I love it when people are humble. Oh, like that, they're that good and you're just like, and you can just talk to them. Like, it's cool. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, for wow. sure. Hey, do you talk to Strubin or Sen or Mine or Manzuri, any of the old dudes? Yeah, I just talked to Mike Manzuri on the phone just a few days ago. And that was cool. Mike's but awesome. uh, it kind of like uh, supernova at that time when adrenaline was falling apart. And uh, uh, it's such an emotional topic for me that I just couldn't even process it, dude. I just needed to run and run as fast as I could, dude, to, to uh -huh. like hide myself because I just had so many feelings about it. And so I uh, really haven't connected. I spent a lot of time not connecting with those guys. Mm. And so I'm trying to like, trying to make up for lost time. But as far as Toad and I, Toad and I have stayed close. <laughs> I remember when you left though, when you, I was, I was super bummed. Cause like, I, I think it was like 99 or somewhere around there. You went to Maine. And then yeah. it was like, there was a long period where we didn't hang. And I was like, I like my whole crew disbanded and fell apart. And then I was like trying to find my spot again, my, my homies again. It was kind of rough. Sorry, dude. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, it was all good. I'm sure you didn't want to. Like, it was just like, like you're saying, you're going through some shit. You had to figure it out. Like I wasn't helping you figure it out. So it was like, fuck, you got to go figure it out. Like check it out, Toad. I was, uh, my girlfriend at the time needed me medication for like her she just got dental work so we were going and filling her prescription at the local walgreens or something like that and mm -hmm. i was just like completely trying to like just start over i don't know what i was doing but i was like trying to like be a different person or something and i saw and i was like Bored and I just was like becoming really despondent, almost like my soul was dislocated, dude. I was like, mm. my spirit not inside me anymore. And so I was like, couldn't like deal with standing with her in line or socializing at all. So I just walked over to the magazine rack and I walked over and Cardiel was on the cover of Trans World. And I was like, whoa. And I picked it up. And I just stared at it, and I was like, "John's still skateboarding." Oh, man. It was just like, honestly, I was just like, "What's my life doing?" I was like, "Dude, I want to go skateboarding, dude. I want to oh, go skateboarding." John was doing the nose blunt down that handrail on the cover of like Skateboarder or something. Maybe it's transfer. It's yeah. a nose red shirt or something. Yeah. That's when my life, like the cracks in the seams started busting on my like, like running away trip and, and running from my own trip. That's when it was like, dude, I want to go skate. This isn't my, this isn't actually who I am. This uh, nine to five square at this jewelry shop where I'm just going to work there for the rest of my life and not be around skaters. Not being around skaters is rough. If you ever yeah. go through a time where you're just around the working class, the civilian civilians instead oh, of yeah. the aid army, dude, you, yeah. you you don't have someone to vibe out with and laugh and fucking let it loose and be who you are and be like funky or just whatever. Like you know, skating's accepting for who like letting the wild side of life, you know. Yeah. So yeah, agree. Uh, was this in was this in Maine? Yeah, and that's when it started cracking apart, and I started being like, dude, I can't do this. And the girlfriend at the time's like, uh, this is just life, because she was like from a working-class uh, family, and I was raised by hippies. They never really went and worked for anyone else. We kind of grew our own vegetables and lived more free. Like, I never really saw my dad's, like, worry about losing a job. <laughs> my dad's, you know. I lived, they worked for themselves and stuff. And that's when I moved back and then um, moved back to SF. And I tried to keep going with that culture of working. And I was working two big jewelry jobs 
in SF, I was working for two designers and a, a one, uh, Amy Faust in the Mission area, and then Thea Izzy in Oakland. And I was just trying to keep trucking with that. And then um, my friend Rich Shepherdson came to visit, and he told me about Cardiel's accident. And then that's when, that's when it broke, dude. That's when I was like, fuck this, dude. I'm going to go skateboarding, dude. I, I, I can come back and work, do these jobs later at any given time when I'm old. But I want to go skate now, dude. I want to, like, skate and live life. And I had this, like, falling down moment, like the movie Falling Down, where he just snaps in traffic. <sighs> dude, this Muni, this bus didn't show up. Oh, no. I was just stressed out as can be, dude. Just barely making ends meet in the city. I was running up to catch the bus after coming from the BART underneath the bay uh, from the Oakland job. And the bus pulled away right as I was running up. And I just came unglued, dude. And I smashed my skateboard into to just splinters dude and i just kept smashing it on the curb and like people cleared out around me and i smashed that skateboard into oblivion dude it was just like i had no idea how stressed and angry and just bummed i was on uh not doing what i love anymore and i went and i walked to golden gate park and I bought this little flask of vodka and I fucking drank that whole thing. And there's this pond with these goose geese. And I sat there and it, I'll never forget that moment, dude. I was like, dude, I can't, I can't do this with this girl. I can't do this working class shit, dude. I'm not who I'm acting like. This isn't me, dude. I can't do this at all. And, uh, we broke up soon after I moved out of the city. I moved back up here and I started hanging out with all my old skate friends back up here in, in town and got freedom back in my life and uh, was still kind of like uh, off the rails because of the gardening life up here. You don't really have to answer to anyone and you were making a lot of money making up your own hours. You don't have to answer to anyone. So uh, you could really go off the rails with alcohol. They always say the first one's free, but watch out for the next million. Eventually I snapped out of it. Thank God. Was started skating again, reconnecting with code and skateboarding's really reconnected me back with everyone, you know? Yeah, dude. Classic story of skateboarding saves like a lot and it helps so much. You know what I mean? Like for everything, for like, Pleasure and pain, right? It's like for grieving or for like provoking the stoke. I need to just get out and fucking do something. It's like skateboard right out the door. You don't have to go wait for a chairlift. You don't have to wait for good wave report. You don't have to do anything. You just put the board down and roll. And that's yeah. what's always been so rad about skateboarding is like you don't have an excuse not to do it except for you don't, you're not going to do it. Little Timmy might go in there and drown. Even if it's raining, you can go to a parking garage and go yeah. fucking roll around, you know, at least. So, dude, I, I just like your energy, like, that you've been, like, I don't know, it feels really positive and good, like, where your headspace is at right now. I really, I, I'm really into it. Thank you. I appreciate it so much. Mm. Um, one thing before I forget um, that we could throw in the edit was uh, one of those think adrenaline trips for two months with Phil. There were yeah. some cool moments. Like uh, we went to a skate ramp. It was like towards the end of it, St. Louis. And the guy had one of those old 70s clear half pipes with the rib structure, the squares. Yeah, like the Pepsi ones. Sucked. Dude, this <laughs> thing sucked, dude. Oh, that was the worst thing I'd ever seen in my whole life. Now, if we would have came across this demo in the first few weeks, we would have all been like, fuck yeah, it is skating up. But like, we showed up there and we were like, lame, man. Fucking like, didn't even give it a go. But like, Phil understood the role. He was so mature 
that he understood why we're on this trip, why they're paying, why I think it's paying for all our meals, every hotel, why the whole thing's going. So Phil got out there and uh, the dude had an old fucking skateboard with like nose guard and fucking big fat wide wheels and shit. And Phil grabbed that board and shredded that vert ramp on that board. And like, I'll never forget that. Cause I was like, all of us were like, how's he having fun? And he was just like having so much fun. He's like, it was so lame that like, he just turned it all around to be like, like make it awesome and fun. And like, it was like such a cool memory. And then like towards the end of it, frustrations got high and it was just like tension and this, that you have all the different types of humans in the van. And uh, Phil and I just glitched out and started ripping the stuffing out of the pillows that we stuffed from the hotels, <laughs> started stuffing it in our coats and made ourselves all like fat Santa and like this fake hair. And we're started like, we're like glitched out and we're like, happy band, happy band, happy band. And we started doing all this shit. And it's in the end of the think video. Phil and I are at the end of the video and we're like laughing like kids. Like, I guess we were kids, but like, we're like where the tensions get so high to where people are either going to like start fist fighting. <laughs> or it, they're just going to, we're just going to start just like glitching, having fun, dude. And uh, so that's what we did. We were like, took it like super fun happy van dude <laughs> happy van wasn't a happy van it was like restful moment you could cut the air with the knife yeah and talking with toad earlier i was in the van when uh nick trache got kicked off oh. i was i was in the van whoa yeah it was tough dude it was scary honestly is the right word what and happened um, well, to start it off, for people that don't know, um, Nick and Greg are longtime childhood friends. So yeah. it wasn't like a team writer getting kicked off. They were homies, dude. They were like, they've already been through everything together. So um, they got into it and they were, it wasn't like, uh, like Pales or me and Greg like how we just are so thankful to be sponsored and just look up to Greg with all our heart because he's this new person in our life. And uh, it was more like longtime friends that just got into it. And um, I was laughing with Toad earlier because uh, at the moment it was like, oh my God, Nick's done, dude. It's over. It's over forever. And then lo and behold, Nick, and diamond and nick turns out to be one of the most successful guys out of that whole van yep. like, and on to be amazing and who knows who knows if like hard times make tough men or whatever they say so like maybe um that going through that made nick want to really kick ass and mm. do something awesome instead of like an easy road where it just keeps trucking who knows i don't know i just the thought that i went through but you never know who's gonna be getting where and doing what it's like damn that shit blew up yeah it's awesome i'm super proud of them and i'm super uh super stoked that happened i sent him a message talking about that i was like dude i was there i remember that shit seemed wow. like end of the road but lo and behold it was just the beginning beginning yeah man I, I'm, I'm guessing we'll see each other soon yeah thank you i'd love to be part of the uh old dogs old tricks curb skating video yeah Alex i'm gonna put uh i'm gonna put it all together here soon so um we're gonna put like i just get people to send me the clips and stuff and then uh cool. it's it's been fun doing those that's awesome yeah thank you. yes i'd love to visit absolutely thank you okay and skater years that coming up or that already it just was last week yeah mile miles silva and yeah. it was uh the party was what was it friday yeah friday okay well, yep you got anything else you want to throw in there toad i think that that's schmitting <laughs> were you in the car that one time well we hitchhiked back from grass valley one time this is random i don't even know if you should throw this in there but 
we were hitchhiking back. I think it was you and John and I. And the two dudes that picked us up, they're kind of sketchy. And I think they were they were like shooting up heroin in the front seat while we were while they're driving us down 49, which is a fucking super dangerous highway. A lot of people, friends we've known have died on it and stuff. And and these dudes were like shooting up. They were like helping each other. And like, we were just in the backseat. All, what are they? We were probably like in eighth grade, seventh. I don't know. Maybe you were like in seventh grade. I was probably in eighth grade. John was like a freshman. And we were just like, I think John was the only one that knew what it was. He's like, dude, they're shooting up. And we're all, what does that mean? I don't even, what are you talking about? Like, what are they doing? <laughs> Somehow they fucking let us off safe. I think we like got off early. Like, well, hey, we, we live right here. We oh my like, God. Oh. I was just thinking about this. I'm shit you not, dude. I drove by there the other day and I drove by and I was like, it's just the memory just was all because I wasn't thinking about anything. We were like talking and then I just driveway <laughs> drove by and I was like, that's where we told them this is our spot, bro. Get out here. And it was like, like lime kiln or something. Got out and we're like, have a good day. Thank you. <laughs> it was sketchy. <laughs> I don't know. Only, I, I'm like tripping because I have kids now and I'm like, if they did that, I would kill them. Yeah, right. <laughs> <I'd be> so <laughs> mad. Different times, bro. Different times. That's, I know that's what we keep saying, but it's like, I don't, oh man, it it wasn't that much different. Think about it. We weren't wearing seatbelts then either. Yeah. Most likely. Back of a pickup truck. Yeah. Yeah. We were getting in the back of pickup trucks, driving up that freeway, like people were, or highway, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. It was uh, <laughs> crazy times. You ever run into the Karate Kid guy up there in Grass Valley? I think he lives in your neck of the woods, yeah? He's probably the nicest guy in the real world. Yeah, probably, for sure, <laughs> yeah. Well, shit, dude, thank you so much. Thank um, you. Thank you so much, Greg. Thank you, Todd, for lining up and just being positive ooh. about it. And thanks to everyone in the Grass Valley skate scene. Yeah. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Chris Sin. Shout out. Thanks, Chris Sin, for never listening to this. <laughs> Too busy <laughs> tattooing, bro. I know how it is. When you bring it, you gotta sing it. Greg Carroll. Absolutely. What's the skate shop called up there now? It's not good times good, anymore. Good times. Oh, it's still good times? Yeah. Oh, but Gus doesn't have... He sold it or something. No. Uh, he uh, sent a good friend of ours took over it. That's one of the original skateboard homies, one of Chris Sin's longest time friend. Oh, and, okay. Yeah, Andy is kicking butt in there. Yeah. Uh, yeah Shout out to good times. <laughs> Shout out. We got Kate, Bella, Grayson, and... Um, it's just a good scene. It's a real positive. It's uh, in a real positive chapter yeah. for it. Did Did you ever see the wood and full pipe they had there for a minute? No, <laughs> you weren't dude, living there. I don't think it then. was That's so <laughs> gnarly, dude. There was like a window in it, and <sighs> and we would go up there and drink. And like I think Gordon Eckler or somebody did the <sighs> whole thing where it whips around at the board almost. <laughs> but yeah, it was crazy. If you, I don't know if I can find a photo of it, I'll send it to you. It was, it was pretty insane. But he had it there at the at the warehouse right by the shop, I think. Awesome. Yeah, Gus built a full pipe. It was nuts. I think it's <laughs> on like one of the first low card covers or something. Peabody had a photo or something. Okay, that sounds right. Uh -oh. oh, and Jake Charbs. Shoot, I forgot. Charbs. Shout out. Yeah, Charbs. One of the he's good super good. He's up here absolutely talented it's incredible rest in peace nargi fucking big Nar absolutely wes cooper wes shout out definitely hell yeah well dude i appreciate this this was fun and thanks for yeah. um being a part of it too toad like having the three ways a nice dynamic i don't do these ones too often yeah i know glad it worked out i hope hopefully i didn't talk too much i wanted to hear hansi speak too so i'm like <laughs> i'm too i'm hyped on on uh everything you, you said i there's a lot of stuff i learned so i'm like this is cool. awesome yeah <laughs> all right and maybe we'll dig out that Thanks. clip at toad and we'll put it in where you're talking like the world just needs to know the toad yeah. <laughs> the Hansi yeah one thing real quick have you guys thought about that fucking tail slide to fakie at china banks how hard <laughs> that do like, think about sliding up there with the gap and the hang-up and then coming in fakie. 
so fluid into the too. tranny, not out to flat into it was the tranny. So fluid, so fluid. Dude, that was so <laughs> insane, dude. Yeah, it's pretty much everybody's favorite clip because when I did the China Banks documentary, I'd ask people, and they'd be like, "Well, Phil, we already know." So, <laughs> like, you know, he was like, "Got the tail slide," and it just wasn't like he's like, "I'm getting the tail slide to fake." You know, I wasn't there, but I was just like, "Dude." That is just mind-blowing, dude. It's pretty much like impossible physics in my mind. <laughs> it's fucking... You know? And how fluid, like Toad said, uh, like how he did it was amazing. Well, thank you. Hell yeah. We'll talk soon. Take, stay in touch. Okay. Thank you very thank much. Thank you, Hans. Thanks, yeah. Yeah. Right, Later. I love you guys. Later. Later.